everybody, and welcome back to The Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Latoya Ferguson. We are continuing North Shore, Season 1, Episode 2, Tessa. So let's get into it. Alright, um, okay, so second episode, and it's starring the new character Tessa, which is weird, because that's my sister's name, <laughs> which is never going to get more normal, because it's the equivalent of hearing my name. We're not super common, so when you do hear someone, like, I can name on one hand the Mara I've ever heard mm-hmm. of. And it's very strange, like, including, like, really one-off Mara's. <laughs> like, it's it's bizarre to hear, like, a name like Tessa on an episode of a TV show. But, so, it is here. You know... And she's, like, the main character. <laughs> you know what's bizarre? The way this episode opens with a song, I'm like, why does this sound like with arms wide open? And then I was able to check, it's a Three, <laughs> three doors, doors Down, down. song. <laughs> yeah. I knew immediately. I was like, my, my nose are just like, first of all, first, when I saw the name, I was like, ah, it's my sister's name, weird. But then secondly, it was just three doors down opening and laughing my ass off because like- <laughs> What is the music what here? What I even say? It's just terrible. And again, the music like, gets Jason's... better, but why- Yeah. Any so- show that's uh, playing like Snow Patrol and Grantley Phillips, it makes no sense to me that you're also playing Three Doors Down. Three Doors Down. And not even like a well-known Three Doors Down, like a shitty- Yeah. Like, again, I thought it was just like a shitty creed, but- <laughs> And yes, it is. It's three doors down. Yeah. So then Jason runs into Nicole walking out the beach at night, and they're like, like, oh, Justin, do your new job? Yeah. Like, yeah. And again, okay. we're like, the relationship is like, what are your interactions? Because now you guys seem pretty good after she, like, dropped that bomb yeah. last episode. It's only been a couple days from what you can yeah. tell. Like, it's not like it's been like a They whole seem year like good friends now. Yeah, and the weird thing is, too, like, just like from a sound ending perspective, we mentioned the shitty three doors down. It blares this whole scene. Like, normally in these types of shows, you'll have, like, that opening song, and then it filters down to, like, if it's in the background, it's at a low, dull, like, just the, like, you take out the lyrics, and you hear just, like, the basic, like, uh, string structure of it or something. Mm -hmm. This is, like, almost in full volume. (laughs) It's like they have to shout over the three doors down. And they're not in a bar or something. It's like they're on a beach at night. Like, it's just background music, but it's at, like, full volume. And, like... It's not, okay, so, like, if you're not super familiar with how that would sound, it's, like, the equivalent of, like, these scenes in, like, similar, like, you mentioned the OC, or, like, certain shows, like, Chuck, that have huge music cues. Mm -hmm. I'm cool with their music playing behind something, but, like, it gets Mm -hmm. your, like, um, the way that we usually, like, diegetic music, when your hair stands up on its end, it feels like something important's about to happen. Because normally, music that doesn't play that loudly behind a regular conversation, if something crazy's not about to happen. Like, you're about to, like, see them run into each other in the rain and kiss or something. Mm -hmm. Or, like, the the main character's declaring his feelings after a long time of, like, putting it off. And you're like, oh my god, I can't believe he's saying it. So, like, he's saying something so important that the background music helps swell the emotion, but it's literally background because you're so paying attention to what's happening. This is just, like, a casual conversation about, like, so how are you doing your new job? She's like, doing okay, doing okay. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and it's like, what the fuck? Again, it really does sound like with arms wide open. And the yeah, opening riff, I, I was like, wait, is this? And then it was not. It's so And bad. also, again, it's a so show bad. like this, especially just the setting, Three Doors Down is not a band you would want to play. No! Like, Honestly, even the Incubus at first kind of threw me off, but it kind of fits because, like, other Incubus is, like, surfer music. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is, like, the hardcore surfer music mm-hmm. where he's really ripping up some tough waves or something stupid yeah. like that. Like, okay, I kind of get that kind of mentality. Three Doors Down is a far, far, 
like distant removal from that. Like three doors down is not something you even hear at the beach, let alone on a show set at the beach. You know, like if I was driving on the at the like at night at the beach and three doors down came on the radio, I'd change the station. Yes, is all I'm trying to say. So uh, anyway, remember when like, having a, a good skin played Three Eleven's Amber? That's what should be playing. Yeah, it should just be like. Asia just had like a, a, a 360 deal with 311 and then just done nothing but 311 songs every episode. Oh god. I kill myself. <laughs> like, I feel like, honestly, the. What's that one show? Oh. That Lori Lachlan show. Summerland! Summer, Summerland had better music than We're this. definitely doing for this uh, show because I love Summerland for the fact that My it introduced Zach Efron as Jesse McCartney's replacement and he surpassed him. Like, it's. It was literally Jesse McCartney in real time watching Zac Efron be groomed to become, like, his replacement in pop culture. Oh, that's so dark. That's how I feel about that, because, again, immediately after that was High School Musical. God, I wish I could get my sister to ever be on the podcast. Do it. I'll probably edit this out, but, like, she is literally, like, the, like, old school Summerlin, like, diehard of, like, I didn't even realize I had a fan base, and then you talked to her about it, and she was, like, obsessed. I mean, let's do it. We'll we'll, we'll do an episode, we can get, that means we'll have another episode with Kay Panabaker in an episode, because after no one in her family, uh, yeah, we need more Panabaker. (sighs) Jesus. But yeah, so that, that, that has better music than this did. This is, like, bizarre. Well, yeah, WB didn't play around with that shit. (laughs) No, that's true. That's where they spent, like, all of their money all the time, <laughs> uh, which is why nothing's available on streaming half the yep. time. But anyway, um, so Jason is, like, after he sees her, she gets, is it, like, a phone Oh, yeah, call, and like, he's, phone, phone call. but also he's, like, being playful cute, like, you can't sleep, you know, maybe we should put on pr- Pretty and Pink, and they're just talking about, like, their old, like, cute relationship stuff. It's like, I guess they're fine now. Which is nice. I know, but... Like, it, I actually like... I like it. But then it, like, immediately goes back on it later. I like their vibe when they're actually getting along and they're just, like, being cute and playful, but it never makes sense with the previous at each other's throats or I just broke your heart even more scenes. Yeah. And so, um, she gets a call from her fiancé and then she's like, whoops, gotta go. Just, like, pieces. She could easily just be like, hold on a second, I had to tell my boss I'm leaving. Hold the phone down and say, sorry, I have to take this and leave. But instead, she's like, I hate people do that. They're, like, on the phone. They're just like, can't talk to you anymore, even though I chose to answer this phone. But uh, she just, like, peace, like gives a little peace sign and walks off. And he's like, well, I just got, like, ditched. But, um, uh, although he, he's the one that interrupted her sitting on the beach. Yeah. Like, he can't be that annoyed. But so she wanders off on the phone. He goes past, like, the, like, bar. Yeah, he's going to the bar where there's some there. bad karaoke happening. And yeah, then we're introduced to Haley Nichol, who's Tessa. <laughs> yes, Amanda Rigetti and, of the OC as Haley Nichol of the Mentalist. Yeah. She's not... I mean, who who knows her from anything else? It's uh, I'm sorry, story. she was also in uh, the Friday the Thirteenth reboot with Padalecki. This is true. Uh, I mean, I guess, but like she was the final still, girl like, in that Haley movie Nichol, for sure. <laughs> yeah, the Mentalist lasted for a long Haley time, Nichol. and CBS, you know how they get those ratings. Yeah. I just think, I just always will always consider everyone who's even tangentially been on the OC as their OC. This is true, but yeah, so Haley Nicole is that's how I look at we it. As we were saying, and she's playing a very similar character. I don't even I can't even remember anymore if we actually said it on the podcast, but it makes the most sense if this had been an OC spinoff, uh, like a Haley Nichols spinoff, and if Josh right. Schwartz had written the show, it would have been so much better. Even with the oh same God, cast, can you imagine the show. Even with the same cast, it would have been so Ugh. much better. God, it would be so good. And the but music so she, would be much she, better. 
I mean, it would still have some snow patrol. Oh no, definitely snow patrol's great. That's on that's like on the level. That's what you expect. Not like three doors fucking down, or again a simple plan song that no one knows. Oh, later, I'm sorry, later in this episode, they play a Newfound Glory song, which, again, I recognize from the voice, but it was not a Newfound Glory song I knew. (laughs) God. And so she, she's karaoke-ing to, what was it? um, Oh, All By Myself. All By Myself, which is the worst song to hear someone butcher. She's not a good singer. But also, she's all, I guess they don't have any rights to do anything, because all she says is All By Myself over and over again. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like, ah, but she's like tone deaf, and it's not good. And very drunk. And they're drunk. Yeah. And so he goes over, J- Jason goes over and turns off the karaoke machine. And, like, pretty, but pretty like, uh, aggressively, it's just, like, get out, but basically. The, MJ and Frankie are allowing it, because MJ's like, she gave me a $500 tip. I'm like, yes, allow this. Oh my god, did she? Yeah. Jesus, I didn't know Yeah, that. she gave her a $500 tip. I'm like, that's how you, I was like, of course Tessa can't be all bad. She gave MJ a $500 tip, and actually, when they have their scene later, I was, like, worried. Is she, like? grifting and she's like no she's actually trying to help yeah. her out they were exactly it was really nice to have like a, a female friendship happen really like in this episode it was really nice yeah she's like slumped over on his on his uh, lap yeah. they're both very they're drunk both, yeah like, karaokeing together it's gross but so um later yeah on, i was like this is where i get confused well in this moment i'm like she's already the most fun character and she's wasted because again no one's really having fun in this show she at least seemed like yeah. she was having fun, which is nice. I mean, she's technically a uh, well, yeah. What did we find out? Client What's... instead of a staff. Yeah, but yeah. Um. So he he like kicks them out. They I guess they're gonna leave, but they still she'll just start, she starts singing without the mic, <laughs> and they're just like, oh Jesus. So she um leaves. Next morning, he's throwing stuff away at their apartment. This is where I'm like still confused. Yeah, the living situation. Yeah, that's I still believe that's it's, where it I'm. Has to be that's where I realize they all live together, which is again, it's weird. It just it makes no sense at all. But yeah, I just, he's I just, he's purging Nicole's it. stuff that he he saved because of of last night's phone call from her fiance. Yeah, he's sick of it. He now. almost he's not holding on anything. he almost throws away MJ's uh, Sarah McLaughlin CD. God, what a bitch! <laughs> but so he he can't understand. He's like whatever. And then, like, he's... I'm still not understanding, like, this, this is where, like, I was... My notes were missed this. Like, what is the class situation here? Because <laughs> he is the... I mean, like, legitimately, tell me he owes thousands of dollars to, like, some type of student loan debt or yeah. something. Because I do not understand how he is the manager of a ritzy resort and then making... Honestly, if he's not, if he's making less than six figures, he's got to be at least making, like, $60,000 a year, which is more than enough to have an apartment on your own. You know? Yeah. Like... You're not 20 years old. Like, he doesn't need roommates anymore. Like, it's bizarre. Like, honestly, he could live at the hotel. Yeah, honestly, that makes more sense. Or with his dad or something, he's taking care of his dad or whatever. Or, like, they're splitting the rent because his dad can't afford to live anywhere. Like, I totally understand those types of situations. I do not understand the situation where he's just, like, one of several roommates living in, like, a hostel. Like, it doesn't make sense. I mean, okay, it's not a hostel. Calm down. It's on the beach, but it's still basically, like, a four- or five-room house that they're all living in together. That's, like, a frat house, almost. It's not what your ideal situation for 30-something would be, in my opinion. Unless they're much younger than we're supposed to understand, but I think he's supposed to be They can't be that that young. Right? He's gotta be, like, 30-something. I mean, now that I'm 30, it's hard to not think of people being 30-something, but I don't know. But, like, they're clearly, 
th- them. Obviously, I, I I believe that Tess is younger than them again because we know she, at this point Amanda Regan would have been twenty one. She was just always younger than everyone she was working with. But yeah. like they are like late twenties, early thirties, like definitely. Yeah, so it's hard to understand. But either way, that's where he's at, even though he's still furious about class issues. And then, um, so, literally, they're sharing a house, because I guess that's what you do there. Yeah. But he's describing it also, when he gets into work, as hurricane season with the boss. Yeah. So, that's what they're, they're a code name for mm. underage drinking, run rampant, or, like, parties. Yeah, it's like, like prom after parties. Which I was like, maybe that's not great terminology for a place that could actually get hit by hurricanes. Yeah, at first I'm like, like okay. actual hurricanes, and then, then they explain, I'm like, oh no, maybe don't call it that. But also, uh, I it's think maybe joke, I realized the reason for like the tone issues with the relationship, because during the, the house scene, Momoa says, basically, until she's down the altar, like, you're still in the game, pretty much. So that could explain Momoa. back Momoa. and forth. <laughs> I God mean, just it, because man. you look like you, doesn't mean it's not the same for everyone else. Yeah. But so he, 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 that's so, that's such a Which is also the story for, like, the teenage boy uh, in this episode, too. I know! Like, just because, all these, like, quite attractive men are giving this man very bad advice. Okay, like, that poor kid, it's like, he's getting advice from Jason Momoa, Corey Sevier, and and Christopher Palaha. It's like, no, you guys, But I also don't even buy that, because, um, we're gonna get there, I'm just jumping ahead, but, like, the whole Gabriel thing is, like, He's taking a rogue gamble having Gabriel come to the party with him because most women, if they're going to see you next to him, there's no yeah. going back to you. <laughs> like, yeah, not- like, the way the plot should end is like, yeah, they save the day and then the girl he likes wants to fuck Gabriel. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's another what? episode where a, child, a child wants to fuck Gabriel. Well, she's been living there, been going there all this time, so I think that it's established she must already probably want to fuck him, but now she's going to like think she has a shot with him. <laughs> he, sa- he saved her. Yeah, but no, God. Because technically he's the one that saved her, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, so the, the the underage drinking run rampant is, like, a problem, and um, Harry Morgan's like, everybody, stop letting people book these fucking hotel rooms when they're, like, gonna party the whole and time. They, and they know one of, one of the places that's gonna happen, so, like, they make sure no one can reserve the bungalow, that specific one. Bungalow 7 is what it is. Which is bizarre, because, like... I don't, I do not I, understand I, this whole, like, how well, no, I think, getting these hotel rooms. I think independently, like, Jason did a check and he realized, like, no, it's, like, a, a fucking kid who's trying to book this hotel room or whatever. So, he sh- that's why he shut it down. But, but it's then confusing. When because, Henderson like, the- shows up, uh, that's when, because the whole issue becomes because Nicole is filling in because they don't have the assistant concierge thing. So that's right, why she's even there in the first place. But it's confusing because he's saying, like, we can't book this room because it'll get trashed. Meanwhile, the room that Tess is in got trashed. Well, that one specifically, they know, because I think everything, assuming this is a busy hotel, which is obviously one of those things, they knew specifically that that bungalow that was, like, the one who wasn't freed up already, they knew that one was going to be, like, it was already booked by children, so, like, not only did they cancel that booking, they're just not going to let anyone else book it, they're going to have the established bookings, is what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, so they're not going to risk it, so that's why they're not going to let anyone book it at all. It's a weird, it's a lot going on, and they yeah. don't really explain it super well, especially yeah. using terminology like hurricane season. Yeah, it's chaos because I didn't even, re- like, it made no sense to me that uh, Nicole would allow it, because 
Josh Henderson is looking very much like a child. Like he does not look like a grown man at all when he he goes to the front desk. It's very and, like, much. I realize like, like that's how she like, should realize. It's some goddamn like Home Alone bullshit where he comes in and he's like, "Would you?" He's like, "Can you tell me if you'd recommend this toothbrush?" Like it's not a very realistic like portrayal of like. A I'm surprised he didn't adult. try to like grow facial hair yeah, <laughs> or like put on a like, fake beard. But also, like I'm sure there are adults that are poking that. The, the bungalow and doing the same thing. So well, like, yeah, that's why I assume the like the established bungalow reservations they, like they double checked and they knew they're all adults like Francois Chow, but just yeah. to prevent any child from doing it, like they're just not letting anyone book it at all until hurricane season's over. So stupid, but yeah, I mean, people were fucking it up, I guess, or just like put like an age limit on how young they can be to book it. That would probably solve the same problem, right? Because uh, yeah, I had uh, that same issue. If we had like, well, Vincent says something us, about like fake IDs and stuff. So, oh well, yeah, I mean, yeah. well, you could do background. I don't know. I guess there's well, I mean, do. we know how slow these background checks are with Tessa. <laughs> well, God. yeah, Jesus, that background check was nuts. They're not so, good anyway, at vetting people. <laughs> So we didn't, we kind of breeze over it, but the hurricane season is basically the rooms that get trashed. They look like hurricanes. That's the joke of it. Yeah, because it's so, like, it's prom season, so a lot of kids are like trying to have their after parties there and then screwing and everything up. And it's confusing, up. too, because the one scenario where like Tessa's room gets trashed, they go into it afterwards, and this is like, there's a lot of exposition where like Christopher is basically describing to Nicole what hurricane season is and what it looks like. What's confusing, though, is like, he's saying that like, because the room is trash. It looks awful. It looks like they they make a joke about Keith Moon. Like it's like what and Courtney Love. I'm like, in. wow, no Johnny Depp reference. How dare you? Uh huh. And so they're talking about how shitty the rooms look after like a rock star comes through. Because it's like shits piled everywhere. There's trash. There's like ripped curtains. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. And what's confusing is it's like so they don't have housekeeping just clean the room and then assess the damage. Why are they having him do like a walkthrough? And then I'm like, okay, it's because they want to like document it, but like. He, how would they know the room was trashed in order to tell him if they have it's it's a little confusing how they like discover this room like why well, I think the, the cleaned up the head maid had no, like noted it and that's why they were checking it out yeah it's mm-hmm. not super clear because otherwise she's like well what was it it's like what do we even do about this he's like well we have their credit card mm-hmm. I'm like well Okay, so then why even... Is, shouldn't you have a scenario in place where it's like, a room's been trashed, you just, like, clean up what you can and then flag it for replacement, like, furniture? Well, yeah, I think what they're gonna do, but he, he's just letting her know, so here's what yeah, so. what you have to contend with when this happens. That's why we don't want this to happen. And somehow they must have missed, amongst all the debris, that Tessa was she still was in buried, the bed. She was buried, yeah. Underneath a bunch Poor of, like, trash. For Tessa. Um, and it's like, haha, she's there. They kick her out because obviously she's part of the pre- the couple that trashed the room. Mm-hmm. Um, her the, it also implies the guy that she was with last night, that Roy, she was drunk with, yeah, yeah. fleed. He he mm-hmm. ran away, so she's now footing the bill. Has no money, so she's just like booted. Um, I well, guess they have the credit card. I guess well. they have the credit card, and I'm get like it's so, it's a stolen credit card anyway, so it, it's it'll be covered. I'm assuming, but yeah, it has to have been mm-hmm. a stolen credit card. It's definitely not their credit card. Mm-hmm. And so they, she, she leaves. She's booted from the hotel. Um, this is where the, also the theme and the intro is, which I was like, wow. Yeah, this is unwritten law. Uh, I know they had that song, Seeing Red. Ooh, but so it's very like fitting. I feel like this is very like yeah. classic two thousand four, whatever. 
mm-hmm. there's like some classic unwritten law, unwritten law, which is just like surf music if I've ever heard it. But I yeah. I like this more than I like like the Three Doors Down for sure. Oh yeah, and again um, that makes more sense for what this is. Mm-hmm. And kind of like yeah, so you have the open credits and Dimples is somehow in the open credits, and Amanda Rigetti is still like guest starring at this point, but she like is in the opening credits later. But yeah, it's. It's, it becomes, like, a long list, because they only add people. Like, they add Amanda Rigetti to the credits, and then they add Shannon Jordy. I'm pretty sure she is, like, added to the actual opening credits, not just, like, special guest star or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she, so anyway, she's kicked out. She's pissed. She's like, this is all a misunderstanding. He's gonna come back with the credit card, which is clearly fake. She's clearly, like, up to something, mm-hmm. if you know that. Although she is, like, yeah, she is, like, what the fuck, he ditched me. That is, that, that is real. That's like, true, but also she's just sort of doesn't know what to say there. She's yeah. not used to getting caught, I think, is part of the problem. Yeah. Um, so she's, like, trying to, like, run her mouth, like, oh, no, I'll figure this out. It'll be fine. Just kind of, like, runs off. Um, Gabriel, meanwhile, sees Charlie, who's, like, this, like, regular, who you mentioned before. He's, like, mm-hmm. a young... He comes every summer with his family. 15, 16-year-old, comes every summer with his family. Again, we've kind of described this place somewhat accurately, but not, like, fair enough, I don't think. This is not, like, a Jersey Shore rest stop hotel. This is, like, a private resort on an island in it's Honolulu. Like, it's like the island equivalent of the Catskills and Dirty Dancing. Yeah, it's like that. Or like, honestly, it's even more so too, though, because it's like, it's like, it's like an episode of Royal Pains or something. Like, these are, these are people that are flying in on private jets and stuff. Like, there are maybe some people that go here as like a family trip that do do a cost-effective version of it, but it's never implied that this kid is poor or, like, mm-hmm. a, a schlob or anything. This is, like, a fancy hotel. Because, like, hey, airfare to Hawaii is not fucking cheap. Yeah. So that alone is an expensive trip every year to yeah, take. Yeah, he's from the Midwest. The family. Yeah. yeah, so they've got money. And so he is like, oh, I'm going to date this girl. I've been coming here. And she's not the same family. Different family does mm-hmm. the same thing. They come to the same resort every year. And he's like, I won't take no for an answer this time. And I'm like, Jesus, this is not a great sign. And none of the guys are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Sometimes take no for an answer. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, go go for it, kid. It's like, oh, God. But so um, he's describing, like, he's been in love with her since he was a kid. He's finally got the, the gumption to ask her out, which is just like, no. Um, this is also oh, yeah, good. He, I was just like, again, the show has the built-in dislike factor for this kid. He seems like a nice enough kid He, he actually but... is like an actually nice kid, but then he's saying things like, I won't take no for an answer. And I'm like, how dare you? Leave her alone. Yeah. Plus the whole like wealth thing, it just comes across like real, it's harder to take people seriously because I just think of them all being so rich that they have been in situations where they don't have to take no for an answer. And it makes me like, ugh. Like, not that it's an excuse to let anyone take no for an answer, but, like, it's especially grating to see someone who can get that in all areas of their life because they really think it applies to girls, like, objects as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the guys are all like, yeah, go for it, kid. Especially Gabriel's like, you're gonna get it this time. It's okay. And he, like, goes out. I mean, it's nice that he's, like, friends with them. I guess they kind of grew up together in that sense mm-hmm. if they both, like, were here all the time. It's unclear where Gabriel's. Oh, no, wait, I guess not, though. How does Gabriel know him? He just, like, knows this kid from every time. He's just, like, Gabriel's just a really good, sweet guy. How old is Gabriel, though? Gabriel is at least 21, obviously. Uh, Like, he's an adult. But he grew up in Daytona Beach. I think, like, he probably grew up in Daytona and then moved out to Hawaii, like, once he graduated or whatever. Okay. Because he wants to be a surfer. It's hard to understand. I mean, he's, he's very... He's very familiar with this kid even though he could only potentially have worked there for like 
four years with it being not, not weird. He's just, <laughs> like, whatever. really personable. Yeah, that's true. Gabriel. Gabriel's really just a like, puppy, honestly. Yeah. He's very, like, um... I don't know how else to describe him besides just sort of, like, we were mentioning Ryan Hansen earlier, but he's got a very Ryan Hansen-y vibe, where it's just mm. sort of, like, doofy, but, like, good heart, and, like, yeah. big smile. Just, like, nice. But so he's just like, it's okay. He's like, we're gonna help you get this girl this year. I'm like, okay. On the surface level, I don't hate it, because he's just trying to help this kid out, but it's, like, throwing around words, like, won't take no for an answer, makes it me kind of like, eh, maybe not. Leave <laughs> her so- alone. Get a job. Yeah, but so then we get more of um, MJ and her new boyfriend with the Snow Patrol B-side, which is fantastic, which is um uh, Love spitting. spitting games. Yes, and so he he is like a extreme sports, which they mentioned in the first episode, extreme sports guy, and so they do some cliff diving to spinning uh, games by Snow Patrol, and it's great. Like, honestly, the scene is pretty generic, but like... That's the kind of vibe I want from the show, is, like, random shots of people doing cliff diving. Like, that's a lot of Snow Patrol. Like, I know it sounds like a really superficial scene, and it is, but it's, like, a very interesting visual to look at. Like, two people on a date cliff diving off the side of, like, the North Shore in Hawaii. You're not getting that on an episode of, like, network TV at this point. <laughs> Gilmore Girls. I don't know. You're They're just doing cliff this diving This anti-TV agenda. No, but it's, like, it's a very different place to be having dates, is all I mean. Like, it's mm-hmm. not, like, a standard, like, let's go to a bar and get a drink. It's, like, yeah. let's fucking cliff dive. Like, different. So, anyway, so, um, also they introduced Francois Chow, who is a, f- a great oh. uh, character actor, who's been in, at least the one other thing we've done, I'm sure, but, like, I think. But, like, yeah, I, br- I brought up the everything. tattoos. Where was he the villain who had, like, a bunch of tattoos? Because that, <gasps> that was something... Uh, was that Charlie's think, Angels? Oh, you know what? I can just pull open his uh, IMDb. Let me do that real quick before we go further, because I want to know. I always think of him from The Tick now. That's all I think okay. of. Him. Of course, he's lost, Sweet old man but... from The Tick. <laughs> Sweet old Walter man. from The Tick. He's been in, like, everything we've done, though. It's hilarious. Yeah, it, it was <laughs> Charlie's Angels. It was one, that was the one where he had it all the tats, the arm sleeves. We were like, on. what the fuck are you doing? Yes. I mean, he's been in basically every show we've ever done. He's a prolific character actor. And, like, it's sad because, like, recently I've loved him as a recurring, um, uh, the father of Arthur on the Tick. And he's very sweet on that show. So he's very creepy in this episode. So it's, like, been a real bummer to see him, like, fall from grace in he's such a few a, minutes. Yeah, he's such a piece of garbage in the show. Yeah. So, like, he's, he's, like, um, he's a rich, I don't know, restaurateur slash, like, I don't know, hotelier guide. I don't know how else to describe him. He just, like, does a magazine listing of, like, best hotels or resorts. He's a reviewer for them, but also, like, he seems to be kind of wealthy on his own, which I guess you can make decent money doing that, but, like, it's kind of confusing how they make him, they make him out to be this rich dude who can get whatever he wants, but he, um, he's there to basically, like, judge the hotel and whether or not they're, like, worth being on the list again this year, and of course this is now priority number one for Harry Morgan. He's like, we gotta be at least in the top ten, if not number one. We gotta do whatever we can to please this guy. So whatever he says goes, which is always a bad first sign. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get the rich kids partying, which again we mentioned before they manipulated the bungalow out of Nicole, and um, they're having a huge party. Um, he's thrilled. The one, the kid who's like you said, Josh Henderson, which is crazy, but he's like, got it. We're gonna handle this this big party. Um, later on, we find out they're like they're right next to. Um, the same room as <laughs> And he deserves it, honestly. Yeah, of all the things that he has to deal with, I'm like, yeah, you, you've definitely earned that one. Um, and then 
Tessa, meanwhile, who's booted, is walking along the side of the highway or, or like... Yeah, she just decides to get out, of, get out of the taxi because she doesn't know where she's going anyway, so... And and before he sees her, she's, like, gone through her whole, like, Rolex. Yeah, it's a very Haley Nichols situation, actually. Yes. Again, it's like, I've tried everyone for money and help and nobody's answering. And, oh, it's, mom. it's actually really sad when she says... Hey, mom, and it's clear her mom doesn't know who it is. It's like it's me, Tessa. Like, yeah, that's uh, ouch, not great. And yeah. it's also like sad on the level where it's like clearly he's she's used to this dyna- dynamic where she's like, you know what? Never mind. I didn't think you'd care anyway. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, gosh. yeah, <laughs> that, that, like, like that was her last one too. And she's like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. So then she kind of like gives up, and she's sort of like on her on her um own. And I guess at the same time, coincidentally, Jason sees her and, like, pulls over and says, like, hey, where are you going? And she's immediately trying to, like, put up a front, like, mm-hmm. oh, like, I'm just here to, like, go. Just going um, to Honolulu. I'll yeah, walk. Yeah, <laughs> my friends have a beachfront house. It's beautiful. Whatever. And uh, he's like, you know, that's, like, 30 miles from here. You can't walk to that. And she's like, oh, well, whatever. It'll I think it was, like, 100, which is even better. Oh, God. And so, like, she's like, whatever, I'm doing it. And he's just like, come on, just let me give you a ride. It's not that big a deal. And eventually he, like, takes her over to, um, back to the resort, right? Like, it's bizarre how yeah. he does that, though. Because he, he hears her sob story, though. She, she's saying how she, she just needs money to, like, get a ticket to go back to Detroit. Because the guy she's with ditched her, which is true. Like, yeah. I don't I even just, know that she's lying right now. The thing is, everything she's really saying is the truth. Because, like, she is trying to, like, just, she's over it, basically, the stuff with Roy. Like, the, the lying only comes out when it comes to, her, like, what her identity is, like, the social security number, and, like, at the end when she, like, gets, like, the promotion, basically. But she's, I think she's telling the truth about her backstory and stuff. It's very strange. Like, again, like I said, I thought the MJ thing was gonna be weird. her, like, grifting her. Like, no, she was actually being genuine and just looking out for her, too. She... Yeah, I think she's just, like, fed up with this bullshit lifestyle, and she's just trying to get money and go home and, like, move on. And I get it, but also, like, he does seem like he's being played, to some degree. Yeah. Like, you're not sure how clear it is, but she seems he, to really have gotten her way quickly. That's the other thing, because he, he's being a nice guy, but he's also just, like, he's being, like, he could easily be played by her. It's like, he's just being a nice guy to a very, very pretty girl. Yeah. And so... Anyway, so he's, like, not having a great time, but, like, now she's kind of, like, given him a thing to do. Like, he had that, that shitty experience with Nicole earlier, so now he sort of has, like, a pet project to try and get her a job. So he offers to get her the temporary maid position, mm-hmm. which is ironic, because she just trashed that room today. Mm-hmm. So she'll have enough money to get that plane ticket. Um, later, we find out, like, Charlie, who's the, the kid who's, like, in love with the girl who went to, to camp, went to the same resort with all these years, um, Hannah, he made a mix for her. Um, he gets close to asking her out, but then we find out that, like, smarmy rich kid, Josh Henderson, from before, is her temporary, like, summer boyfriend. Yeah. Thing. They just met, Which, and... They act like they've been together for a while, but really we find out later, like... He acts like, like yeah, they just met, and he's shirtless, and he's... Well, she he's, says, he's, hey, baby, yeah. it's like, what? You've only known each other, like, 24 hours. I mean, if maybe You're if Lady Meester had been here, she would have, like, hooked up with Josh Henderson, because he's age-appropriate. Exactly. Like, he's an age-appropriate hunk. <laughs> uh, but so they're like, oh... Whoops, like, all that for nothing, and then the guys are all watching at the bar, because now this is, like, a thing amongst all the main yeah, men that, on the show. They're like, who's this douche? They, they, all, they all see what's happening. And then they're all, well, which is fair. I mean, it's a true point, but also at the same time, it's like, let's calm down on, like, this poor girl just wants to get laid or something. I mean, let's yeah, let her. At least he, he's, like, 
he's being proactive. Unfortunately, yeah, nice guy's not like, being proactive. He's trying, but he's not trying quickly enough. Yeah. So then, um, also, okay, so this is, this is all happening. They're all cheering him on. And then, um, who, I forget who comes over. Someone comes over and gets Jason and says, there's a problem with Chow. And we find out that Chow has propositioned, um, one the of the masseuses. Yeah. And she turned him down. And basically, he asked her, essentially, for, like, to come back for a date or, like, a little extra or something. Yeah, not a and date, but a little... Like, uh-huh, it's not clear you know. what... Like, it's the, the stories are conflicting. He's now claiming, like, well, he just asked for ten more minutes on his lower back. Which is not... This is not true, obviously. Not true. And it's not, And she's, like, real shaken up. She looks like she's been crying. She, she's very stories. upset. And he's really grossed out. Or she's really grossed out. And everyone's really grossed out. So, Nicole wants to throw him out. Nicole's like, bye. She's basically like, see ya. But, um, he, in the meantime, wants the masseuse fired, which they're like, no, that's not happening. Yeah, then, Vincent is like, I- I'll placate you and whatever, but no, I'm not firing her because it's clear what actually happened. And that is, like, the first time Nicole and Remar have kind of, like, bumped heads in Because she's like, how have like, you not kicked him out? And he's like, listen, we need to get him what he wants. He's reviewing all this, like stuff for we need to keep this place afloat and it's shitty but this is how the kind of shit yeah. happens is that people feel like pressure to not mm-hmm. tell about it and, and he's just like shouldn't. give the employee the day off with like double pay great that that's gonna <sighs> help her psyche gross. gross and so also like not to, not to like spoil things but like shit never really happens they never learn their lesson he gets away with it it's gross yeah <sighs> so anyway, so MJ and her little bro, I, I kept calling him Bra in all of my notes, just like Bra. <laughs> um, MJ and um, so you said you figured out his name, right? It's Chris, right? Chris, I mean, yeah, something like that. So they're again, they're you can call up. him Dimples or Riley Finn. Dimples, Dimples, I'll do Dimples. So MJ and Dimples are hooking up to some yellow card, right? Is that what it is, or is it? Uh, no, this is glory. the newfound glory song. I'm like, same, I don't... same difference. It's like classic good. I knew shit. it was newfound glory, but I'm like, again, I don't know what the song is. And also, it's a very similar sound. Like the kid earlier saying. mentioned on the mix CD, he put on some yeah yeah yes. I'm like, why won't this show play some yeah yeah yes then? Play yeah, good music. Right? What is the other one? He says, like, Ghost Rider? Yeah, I'm like, what's happening here? Ghost Rider? Is that a band? I don't know. I, I, I didn't even look it up. I'm like, I don't know what this is. Yeah, there is a band named Ghost... I thought he said Ghost Rider, though. And I was like, I've never heard of that band. And yeah, I, know, I think like, it's Ghost Rider. And yeah, you think... Early 2000s, you know what they're going to say. I think it must be Ghost Rider. But, like, I've never heard of that band. Yes. And they're not, like, a well-known band. So I'm, like, very confused. It's, it's very weird what... I don't... <laughs> Again, yeah, 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 so that makes sense to say. What? And he's like, it's going to be sad music, too, so now I'm really confused. Yeah, but either way, like, he gets a bunch of music earlier for that. This is just, like, a hooking up to Newfound Glory, and they're just like, oh, so I like this relationship in a sense because I like those, like, extreme sports moments, but the music cues it elicits making me like it so much more. Because it's just like, even though I don't like this dude, I like the fact that every time he comes on screen, we get to hear some newfound glory or some Snow Patrol. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so keep me coming. That's the only reason you want his character around. Yes. Like, fuck you, Dimples. You're a creep, but I like your music to accuse. So, whatever. But there's some more, like, newfound glory, and they're, like, hooking up. Like, whoa. They're, like... <laughs> two wild and crazy people and 
it's like a, this like scandalous moment where Tessa walks in and sees them kissing and she's like, it's not what it looks like. It's yeah, like, everybody's trying to say it's not what it looks like. Come on. adults. It doesn't matter. What's the fucking matter? Tessa, like, really does not care at like, all. Also, like, what the fuck does it look like? It looks like you're making out with an attractive dude. Like, good job. That's <laughs> it. Congrats. Like, I don't know what the problem is. But she's, I think maybe because she's yeah. like, a staff member and, also- and he's like technically there is like a mm. I don't know it's not it's not like yeah. they're really like scandalous mm. like hooking up with like yeah, a they're just making out but yeah he just he goes and then MJ's like oh yeah all by myself and then they chat and this was the scene where I was like oh yeah Amanda Rigetti most definitely had to have auditioned for Marissa Cooper like it, it just, right there I'm just like it's it's weird Misha Barton got that role <laughs> yeah it's, it's a weird role it's it's because you know the story with that is that the last two people like for the role it was like it was between Misha and Olivia Wilde, and the thing with Can Olivia Wilde what that show would have been with Olivia Wilde as, well, as Misha Barton. Well, they as Marissa Cooper, yeah, they wouldn't have killed Marissa because she would have been great. But also, it's like one of those things where Josh Schwartz is like she like I no one could buy that Olivia Wilde you know needed to be saved like as Marissa Cooper. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So it would. It, yeah, she would. They would have had to rewrite that character a lot. They would have. They would have looked so much more suited to be Julie Cooper's daughter, though. Yes. Sure. Yes. Exactly. They have the exact same like, like and I don't. I don't mean this in a bad way. I mean it's in the most attractive and yes. Way. They're they go- have, like, like they're rac- gorgeously striking. They have like raccoon eyes, but I love them for it. They're beautiful raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> I love them both. Just like Bradley Cooper. Yes. <laughs> Nothing, nothing is truer. No, but there are men. There are male raccoons. I like them all. Like who's a male raccoon? Uh, I love a sexy raccoon. <laughs> I'm trying to think. There's gotta be. There's oh, James Ransom. <laughs> That's a male raccoon if I've ever seen one. <laughs> and I dig it. I clearly like. It just like has a little or like Benicio del Toro or something like that. Just like a little God. darkness in the eyes. I'm here for it. It took us this long to get into sexy raccoons. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, man, that's what I'm here for. Sexy raccoons and some newfound glory. <laughs> that's your right. thing. All right. So, so yeah, that makes more sense that she would, be, she would just definitely go out for Mercy Cooper and we would have been a pretty well-suited one, but she's probably just too, too old, even though fucking, like, it's not like we're saying that Misha Barton looked young, but like. Misha Barton looked like she was. Well, no, because Misha Barton was a child. Like, she was literally, like, 16. She was actually a child. But she looked so old. She looked like 45. By season three. By season three, she looked like she would, like, had several children. Like, it was. She was a heroine. Well, that's that's that hard living. Yeah, and I don't even begrudge her of it, but definitely, like, if you're going to go based off of how young they look, it soon became moot because she looked ancient after season one. But anyway, I don't know. That's tough. Damn. But um, so yeah, so she's she's definitely got that same like Marissa Cooper vibe where she's talking to her and she's like, that's she she actually I think calls it, out how it, shitty that guy is, not knowing yeah, he's she's actually says, shitty. So it's actually wow. She's like you can't trust guys like that, which I agree with. But we're I guess we're not supposed to agree with this, but I do. But also she's right. Like I was frustrated because like we just saw him be creepy the last episode by like excusing his shitty friend's behavior. So she kind of nailed it. Like he does have a shitty she's streak. A good, 
I mean, she's a con artist. She's a good judge of character yeah. because of that. She 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 knows people. And so she's basically like, stop dating him. And then somehow MJ, I guess because that money really like went to her MJ, head. Like, she just MJ spirals him. over this the rest of the episode. She like immediately drops him, basically. I was like, Jesus. And she just keeps repeating what Tessa said. Like, can't trust guys like that. Yeah. She keeps saying that. I was like, Jesus. Like, she really took this fucking conversation, like one-off conversation to heart. And so she gets along it's like with her becoming. Really well. It's like MJ became, like, friends with, like, the most popular girl in, in school, and now she's like, uh, well, Tessa told me to do this, I guess I have to do exactly. that. Exactly. That's like, exactly what happens, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, she also suggests that she apply for assistant concierge in return for this good advice, and so she's like, yeah, maybe I will. So then she, um, just, goes off Yeah, it's just, like, a really nice friendship scene. Yeah. Which, you think there's, like, nowhere. at first you think there's, like, an angle, like, no. Yeah. She just is happy to make a friend. And then, um... But also, this is the weird scene where she's leaving yeah, to go so apply things, for that, yeah. and her ex-boyfriend shows up out of the bushes. Like, Roy, real weird yeah. scene. Like, and he's grabs just her, like, shoves her, roughs her up. He's dressed like a fuckboy, like, in a tank top, yeah. and not like a suit anymore. That's how you know. And they're they're grifters, baby. It's so, like, fucking, like, an episode start to, like... Jesus. Like, he, any USA drama. Like, all those he shows. He never... Uh, it's... Yeah. He never hits her, but he's clearly abusive. Uh, like he, is, he, he he grabs her. He grabs her forcefully, forcibly. and it's really yeah. un- unsettling. And like he grabs, and he's bigger than her, and she's the little tiny woman. And like he grabs her wrist, and he's like pulling her towards him, and like he's always just like yanking her. It's not good. And he's like he's of course it's like any of those scenes from like an opening of like <laughs> like yeah. literally it looks like something that like he, the first opening cold open to like in plain sight where it's like then they have to go into hiding because like it's he, also like basically the young uh, julie cooper story because he's like I, yeah. I got our next angle baby i got our next score that's how he's, he's like, no, so immediately he's like listen we were talking about our score and he's like immediately like okay they're con people allegedly and then like the mm. thing is that she's supposed to check the marks oh, and he's supposed to yeah. steal money or yeah. something and he's like found the next mark or whatever but also he tries to tell her that she was the one who like blacked out and trashed the hotel and I don't believe that at all no and it's I wrote down that I said that's what he said but my notes were like he's clearly lying but also yeah. like he's clearly trying to make her feel shit like, and, I, like, and like, I feel so bad too cause she's like I'll scream like if you're holding me she's like I'm gonna I'll tell them and they'll think you're attacking me I'm like girl he is attacking you it's okay he actually to is. like you that. should scream please do Sad. don't don't feel bad for him yeah and don't feel bad for calling him out for being a creep like just do it but so then we get more of the guys all telling charlie how to get the girl which is i slowly get more and more disillusioned with as it goes on because they're all That's what I wrote. why are these adults so invested in also, like, this child's failed love like life? gorgeous men like when you have like jason momoa telling you how to get a girl you gotta take what he's telling you with a grain of salt. Like, I'm sure he's a great guy I mean, in some respect, but, like, let's be real. He's not trying to I appreciate... Charlie is. I appreciate in a way how earnest it is that they're not like, well, you gotta do a makeover. They're like, they believe this kid is just, fi- like, fine as he is, and he is. That's fair, but, like... But, like he's not a... Like, huh. They're, like, Greek gods helping him. Like, Momoa is thinner than he is now, but he certainly yeah. looks the same otherwise. So, like, imagine Aquaman telling you, like, all you gotta do is just be nice to her. And it's like, what's well, <laughs> dude? Sometimes that's not what a girl wants, and that's okay. But, like, you can't assume she's gonna just definitely Yeah, you can be nice to her, you. but also it helps to look like you. Yes! Like, Jesus Christ. Okay, so, and now for, like, the most insane scene. What, what the let's go see-doing scene? No. The, the, the Japanese scene. Okay. Right, so, it. like, okay, so they go sea-doing. That's, like, a separate thing. They go sea-doing. They're like, well, let's just go for a sea-do. 
And then there's this weird scene where <laughs> Chow, somehow they have the entire setup for a full Japanese tea ceremony out of nowhere. Did they go somewhere? I don't understand. It looks like the fucking, the, 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 what was it, like the third season of America's Next Top Model or something. <laughs> where yeah. It's like, is this in the hotel or did they go somewhere? Because I'm so confused where this is. It's, the, it's a cabana for sure. So I'm very confused. And the music. And the, the the oriental music. Oh, it's awful. And so Chow wants a ben, eventually, like he essentially tells James Remar, I need you to get me a sex worker ASAP. And it's like, wait, what? And he's like, Well, give me someone who wants to hook up with me. So even if you're not paying for it, he just wants somebody here who's like client willing yeah. and it's like gross. The other hotels know what I like. Oh <sighs> Jesus. This guy's a creep. And so then he's just like, Okay I'm not your pimp. That's what he says. He one hundred percent says, I'm not your pimp. And it's the guy good. looks at him like what? And then, like, they leave, and, like, I don't even know how to take that. It's such a weird scene. Like, you're not even sure what to... Is this... Because, again, where are they? How did this happen? And is this him saying, like, you failed? Or is he just, like, damn, I tried, and they just they shot me down? Like, it's not really clear. Because in the beginning, James Remar was like, if we don't do everything he tells us, we're failing. And he did, they do nothing he asked for, because he's a fucking <laughs> keep, creep predator. You keep saying no. <laughs> Like, inject him from the hotel at this point and then tell his publishers that he's a creep. I don't understand. It's bizarre. It's such a bizarre scene. So then, um, later on, Tessa's telling Jason that he's like, I want that assistant manager, or assistant concierge job. She's kind of flirty when he's she's asking for Oh, yeah. Because that's how he's she's like, trying to we'll manipulate see. people. Yeah, he keeps telling her, we'll see how you do with the maid job after a month. Because at first he jokes about her, like, after a month you get health benefits. And she's like, I'm not going to be here a damn month. And then, obviously, she wants to move up. But he's like, come on, let's see how you do for a month, and then we'll consider it. And then but, Nicole happens, of course, see them, like, like hit with her arms yeah. around him. Yeah, she wraps her around her arms around him, and it's, it's pretty funny. Because, like, it's, it's one of those things where she's flirting with him, but, like, I don't feel like there's any... Chance of them actually oh, hooking no. up. Like, I mean, she's it's just, very clear she's just, he's a mark. They're just being cute and, with and each other. He's a mark and she's doing her thing. And mm. honestly, I wouldn't even doubt it. But he it. actually gets it. Like, he's not, like, thinking, oh, she's actually into me. No, exactly. Like, he gets She's fucking he's just with like, him. like, ha, ha, ha. But what's funny is I almost feel like I would even believe that she, like, clocked Nicole in, her, in the corner of her eye. Oh, uh, yeah. And was just like, let me just and help then you Nicole, out, bud. Because Nicole comes Nicole to my mind, she's like, now I get the it. The great moment. It's so, it's hilarious. Yeah. It was like, oh, now I get it. And, like, she's clear, like, she's not upset. She's literally just, like, laughing at it. Yeah. She thinks it's hilarious. Isn't it? Because it like, is funny. And he's like, it is. no, it's not what it, no. It's just like, God But, yeah, it. she's, like, clearly playing with him when she says that. And... It's it's really cute. I'm like, why isn't this their dynamic the whole time? Because yeah. I like this. And then, Just her, like, fucking with him. Yeah. And so, so similarly, we talk about how, like, she's slowly, like, infecting the whole staff. Because MJ and Momoa are talking about how, like, she's now sabotaging her Momoa with his ice cream. Yeah, his ice cream. Honestly, <laughs> like... Is this show has Jason Momoa just eating ice cream? In he the walks into room? the scene with a bowl of ice cream, and I think it's like mint chocolate chip. Is he? Just... Am I wrong in thinking he's like in a towel too? No, he's in the tank top because he's like shirtless earlier, I think, and like here he's like in a tank top. But so, yeah, but he's like in a tank top, like just hanging out. Like it's just... yeah. He, she's like pacing, and he just like comes to sit on the couch. Oh, he's and so attractive! It's ice crazy. Cream. It's crazy how attractive he is. So he's just sitting there eating ice cream, which is like, Jesus. Now I finally, I feel like just this moment, I understand why they're living in that house, because they all wanted to sit around and watch Jason Momoa eat ice cream. <laughs> and, and he'll share it with they've them. All he up for, his ice cream. They've all signed up for a ticket for that, that show. But so, um. I, I, I really do love that, like, 
It's ice cream specifically. Yeah. It's, it's and he's just like in the middle of the with day. gusto, just like boop, 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 eating ice cream. And um, so, so cute. They have their discussion, and he's not like a super big fan of her just like dumping this guy for no reason. But she's like, this is where he says, "I know Chris. He's a good guy." Which I'm like, footage not found. Since when did you know him either? <laughs> Maybe if Chris was part of like the collection of guys helping the kid, then I would understand. But he's not. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't know him from Adam. When have you ever seen them even together? And if exactly. he does know him, does he also know that shitty frat guy? Because, like, I got questions for you too then, Moa. <laughs> God damn it, man. But so, um, so anyway, so Hannah, the girl that, that Charlie was into, uh, the younger girl, they're at that party with her new boyfriend, uh, Henderson. Well, she's at the party and she's, like, ready to go because he's just being an idiot. Like, he's drawing Sharpie on a, a passed out kid and she's like, I want to go. And then uh, Charlie shows up. Which, and like, I mean, like, news to you, girl, that's his party. He's not going anywhere. Like, that's kind of well, what no, she's not saying, I want to go with you. Like, she's, like, saying, I'm leaving. Yeah, but, I mean, like, I, he's like, what are you doing? He, like, won't let her she's leave. She's very young because, like, the look and the vibe he's giving is very clear he's not going anywhere. So I'm like, why are you even asking? You should just leave at this point. But she's like, come on, let's go together. And it's like, no, nah, he's not going anywhere. And Well, no, I, I don't think she's trying to get him to go with her. I think she's, like, over him because she thinks he's an idiot. I'm take. She says I'm taking off. And he says, "What do you mean you're taking off?" And she says, "I'm leaving." Mm-hmm. And so, but she. Oh says yeah, he's it. like pulling her. Yeah. So I guess my interpretation is like, why tell him? Why not just fucking go? <laughs> but she's yeah. not Irish goodbying it. No, and I'm like, that's not really the right way to leave a guy like this because then he immediately he starts trying to kiss her and he's drunk and it's gross. Yeah, he like pulls her. She should probably. No, I'm not trying to tell her what to do. Yeah, she's sucks, like, I but. think I'm gonna go. But like, you don't go up to tell somebody that and expect them to mm. not like put up a fight for you leaving, mm. right? Like. Well, now you're victim blaming. I'm not, no, 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 not like a fight. He happens to be well, drunk. He happens to be yeah, drunk and gross. But like anybody yeah, who's like, disgusting. why are you going to leave the party? We just got here. Well, yeah, she she says, I think I'm going to go, which, and then he's like, and then that's when he grabs her, like immediately. No, and I'm not even excusing the fact that like he's Yeah, gross. I know, I know. It's just literally like, to me, if someone comes up to you and they're saying, I'm going to go, they're basically asking you to convince them to stay, <laughs> which is like, well, I think she's no, trying she to looks, get him to, like, She looks stop. very upset. I, no, I, I agree. I feel like she's, she's screen cap her face when she says, I, I think will. I'm going to go. And I do think that she's basically trying to say that as a way to get him to stop what he's doing, and he's not. And so she's, like, trying to give him an ultimatum, and he didn't go for I, it, and said he's just kissing her. It's well, not I a think, good scene. I, this is another scene that's I think, written though, regularly, I think. I think... Like, she's not even trying to, like, change his mind. I think she's completely over him, seeing him in his natural habitat. Because before, he was just, like, a hot, charming guy. She went on the beach. But seeing him in this, like, oh, she's like, I've made a huge mistake. I don't know. I think it's very hard to watch. Like, it's not a good scene for anybody, basically. It's all bad. Um, But, so, yeah. So, he, he basically... Is just gross, regardless of what she's doing. I mean, I'm not even trying to say, like, mm. she's got one way or the other how she should have reacted. I just mm. think, like, she's young and she probably didn't know. And she just went over and was like, I'm gonna go, because this scene is disgusting. Because everyone's, like, yeah. drunk and out of it and passed out. And he's like, no, what do you mean? And then she starts trying to go again. And then he starts trying to put up a fight for her leaving. And it's shitty, because, like, then you have Charlie come in and try and, like, save the day. Which is, like, good. I'm glad he intervened for this guy being creepy, but it's shitty that, like, she couldn't have just been, like, you're drunk, I'm leaving, bye. Like, they kind of set it up like he has to save her. That's why I'm saying it's weird that she has to say, like, I'm gonna go. Like, just let her leave, and then he never sees her again. 
and then let him confront her on the beach the next day, and the whole thing could have happened on the beach in front of everybody. You know what I mean? Like, the whole party well, thing is just stupid. The thing is, he doesn't even save her because Gabriel saved her. Right! I mean, like, Charlie comes in and, like, shoves the oh, guy, and then... I guess he, Charlie does well. Like, Gabriel really only just stops, like, uh, Charlie from getting his ass kicked. Right. So Charlie would have definitely gotten his ass kicked, because not only is this guy bit older than him, he's definitely bigger. Um, yeah. Or at least Gabriel... Josh Henderson's like, looking jacked in, in this episode, honestly. Gabriel's not even that big, but, like, compared to these mm-hmm. kids, he looks like he's, like, a buff, so... Um, yeah, so he, he breaks up the fight, and they're like, whatever, and they call the cops, too, in some respect, because, like, they find out the cops are going over there from, um, hmm. both, I think Nicole and Jason show up eventually. Um, so Tessa tells Jason yeah. to... Yeah, because Chow calls, yeah. yeah. But so, meanwhile, Tessa tells Jason that, um, uh, she wants... Oh, wait, no, sorry, this is later on. Well, no, so, this is where, because Tessa's showing up, uh, as, like, the, the maid service while Chow is calling. Right. So, about the front desk about the loud party. Yeah, so Chow is talking on the phone like, I, I can't handle this, they're screaming, they're so loud, which I get, I honestly, that's like, I agree with you for the first time, but he's an asshole. But so also, you deserve it. it, you piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so then Tessa, she's there to turn down his room, He she like creeps on his stuff and sees that he's really into cigars, and at first they frame this all like she's gonna steal from him, or like, she's gonna mm-hmm. do something shady, because there's like a mm-hmm. lot of like, secretive looks of her looking over mm-hmm. his stuff, and you know that like, you just saw that scene with her and her ex, and you're like, what's going on? Um, so you're just not sure what her deal is yet. Um, later on, we find out, like, Jason and Nicole are talking, and she's he's like, what more on book Bungalow 7? I, I emailed everybody not to do that. Which, yeah, the moment. But she didn't see because, she again, she email. was taking over the, uh, the assistant concierge job is what basically what she was doing in addition to her job. But it's, that's an even further wrinkle because, like, if he did send out, like, a mass email to everybody, even if she had booked it, she should have seen the email and unbooked it. But also, I was like, this is why they need assistance also. Yeah, but remember, this is the early 2000s, so people aren't checking their email all the time. That's fair. And so, they really should. They should. But, yeah. Or they shouldn't and they should live in a better world than we do, but whatever. Whatever. But, um, yeah, this, this, she she should have an assistant. Is basically what it is. Yeah, and so then they um. So anyways, they they talk. Um, he she admits that it was her that fucked it up. She booked it by accident. Whoops. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes in and like confronts the kid, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Hey, man, I paid for this room." I'm like, "Asshole, you're still breaking the law with having underage kids drinking, underage kids partying, mm-hmm. underage kids passed out." Like, making a noise violation. Like, there's a million things just because you booked or paid for the room. Like, it's such a shitty, like, and then, rich kid yeah. take. I hate it. There's, yeah, there's the unconscious kid he was, like, drawing on. Or, like, he's clearly, like, he's yeah. fucked up. And they're like, so, what uh, did he take? what did he take? To which Josh Henderson's <laughs> yeah. like, what didn't he take? Beer, pot, maybe a little Vicodin? Oh, Jesus you fucking Christ. idiot. First of all, like, you don't take pot. And second of all, you don't take Vicodin, quote unquote, you would probably a like little. do a version of Vicodin, like snorting or like you don't. You wouldn't say he took some Vicodin, like you would if you're this douchebag. Oh, I just hate it. It's so frustrating because like people who take Vicodin recreationally are not like opening a bottle and like popping a couple of Vicodin. There's usually more to it. Okay. Well, children are dumb. Yeah, that, that's just that's we know. Fair. And so, um, they call the cops. The party gets broken up, and the kid survives, luckily, which is good. Um. It's also revealed at this point by security, I guess, who finally is doing their job. They walk over to Jason. They're like, hey, Tessa's social's a fake, by the way. And he's like, what? Uh, Belongs to a 102-year-old woman. Oh, Jesus. And so then um, Harry Morgan is like, whoever booked that hotel room is fired. And uh, Jason takes the blame. He's like, it was me. 
um, fire me if you need to. And he's like, well, you're loyal. I think I think it's implied that, that uh, Remar doesn't believe him either because he's like, you're loyal. I hope it doesn't come out to bite you in the ass because he knows that he wouldn't have done that. Probably because he got that email. <laughs> but either way, he's like, no, nah, there's no way that that was you, but whatever. I'm not going to make force you to give up who it was. And then... Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's clear he has, he, like, he, it's like, it's clearly not Jason who did this. Right, because he sent a, a mass email that I read, <laughs> unlike Nicole, and he's also just not stupid enough to do that, but either way. So then, um, so Tessa was, uh, we think, uh, gone or, like, like grifted the dude out or something. We haven't seen her mm-hmm. since that last scene. We see, actually, Chow's at the uh, bar having a good time with someone. You're like, well, he's mm-hmm. being entertained. We thought he's going to hate, because, like... He got the, they got the it's, call, like, the disturbance call, and we know mm-hmm. he's already pissed about not getting this, like, this, um, hookup or, or sex worker from, yeah. from, uh, Remar. He's, like, gonna obviously tank the rating, and then he's like, what am I gonna do with this chow thing? And then they see him having a great time at the bar, and like, oh, wait, he's having a good time? Great. And turn around, and it's Tessa there, uh, smoking a cigar with him, and, like, keeping it's- him busy. It's, again, interesting watching this as an adult, because I feel like back in the day, I was like, oh, you know, Tessa's always, like, up to no good. I think that's what I thought. But watching this now, I'm like, no, I feel like she has good intention and she's just trying to get away from, like, her shitty boyfriend, really. I think, like, she's actually trying to, like, make good and go straight, as straight as she can go with her, you know, her grifting abilities, but... I, I, it's, it's, I feel like back in the day, I was like, oh, no, you can't trust her one bit. And I was like, well, I'm rooting for her. I don't understand what, what's going on with this whole scene. Because it's not a great scene. It almost just implies, like, is all you gotta do is succumb to this creepy guy's wills and he'll be great. Although, she she makes clear, too, like, she didn't fuck him. She just, like, she knows how to take care of people, in like, as, you know, as a grifter in a way that you would need for this particular job. And again, this is one of those things that reminded me of Las Vegas, which I did watch, uh, most like I think I watched all but the last season, and that was after it aired. But like Nikki Cox's character, when they introduce her, you think she's a prostitute, and I think that's originally what it was written as. But it turns out no, she's like she's this con- she's this also this concierge character, and she like knows what you have to do to placate these these terrible people without <sighs> uh, you know fucking them. Right, and then I guess like to some degree, I like some elements of this because it's like okay she's gonna be like their their fixer essentially is the vibe that she's giving but it just it gets really tiring to watch this in 2019 because i'm just like this is how people like that stay in operation yes so it's like a bad thing to watch like someone basically complicit in like keeping this because like what Mm -hmm. he did to that masseuse should not continue in other Mm -hmm. hotels yeah now it will exactly they didn't shut that down completely but there's there's no comeuppance there yeah there are so many things like to like about this show, at least potential-wise, but there are also so many things that are just like, yikes. I feel like it was doing pretty decent for, like, 2004, for example. Like, if this yeah. was written, written more modernly by the same people, it probably would have very different takes on all of these issues. I would hope. Uh, um, yeah, let me go to, uh, like, the IMDb of the creator, because the creator is actually very prolific, and, like, in a good way, not, like, this person, why do they still have a job? I believe when I was looking up... This person wrote for Dirty Sexy Money, which I, I love Dirty Sexy Money. We, we might have to find a reason to do an episode of Dirty Sexy Money just because I can, so I can talk about how much I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hold on. Let's see. I think they also wrote some episodes of Ugly Betty. Um, what show? But also, <laughs> uh, when I was looking up, 
that's just proof of how, how things are terrible. It's literally this guy had written two episodes of like one show in like 1999, 2000, and then they gave him the, this was like his the show basically. Oh. So like he got to create this show after ha- having like a writing credit on two two episodes of one show. But yes, uh, so this guy wrote for wow. the creator of this wrote for Ugly Betty, Dirty Sexy Money, uh, Gossip Girl, um, Sons of Anarchy. Uh, I'm dying up here, and now the passage. They have like some duds, like uh, Deception in 2013, like Outlaw Mercy. Like they have some duds, but for the most part, written like for really good shows. I, I get where that. I think I could see this being a little closer to that. Like it all makes sense that it's by those people, but I think it just. It's just not right for watching nowadays. Like some some of the stuff I you watch, it's like hard enough. Dirty to Sexy watch now, Money. But... Started three years after this, and I think that sh- was better about the class dynamic and like because that, that's about like skewer- skewering it. Obviously, right. like the whole thing is like a, it jokes about oh god these oblivious rich people, and this show didn't have I feel like the ability to do that in a lot of ways. Which is I mean it's just a different time. That's all. Partly yeah. it is. Is like I don't think that we should hold them to different standards. They could have been doing yeah. it well back then, but they didn't. But hopefully, if it was out nowadays, it would be different. And honestly, it just should have starred Jason Momoa. That's what would have really solved it. Like, if he was the main character, I think the whole show would be very different. Because um, it would have to be. Like, that's the reality of yeah. it. Is like, a, a white dude who's poor is still not the same as, like, somebody who's living in the island and has grown up on the island for generations who's poor. You know? Like, I don't understand what they think is different about that. Um, but either way, so he's interesting because I think, like, this is the scene where they kind of, like, acknowledge that, like... Um, he's now, like, sort of passing the torch on to Tessa, in a way. Like, he's okay with her, but he is, like... It's it's awkward, because the whole scene is, like, her basically claiming, like... Cause, so, uh, Chow is like, yeah, I'm here with your beauty, just this lovely um, new assistant concierge. Like, she hasn't even interviewed for it yet. But she's already claiming she was hired. And then, of course, you have James Remar, who's like, good, good hire. Like, sh- he can't fire her now, because, like, mm-hmm. she just saved the day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she is a good hire, honestly. That's fair. And also, like, the awkwardness is that, like, you have James Remar, even if he doesn't believe that he was she was hired, he likes the fact that she was able to wiggle her way in. Like, I think he almost mm-hmm. admires the gumption. Wiggle her way in, and without them really, him having to worry about it. compromise his, like, his ideals, because he's, he's... Obviously, he should have just gotten rid of Francois Chow, but he's not going to do he that. He likes but... her for making it, him have an excuse not to deal with the problem. Yeah. She's able to let, keep him blissfully ignorant about the whole situation mm-hmm. and handle it. And honestly, mm-hmm. he, she handled it in a way that none of them were able to. So Yeah. She and has and no one's getting her. harassed again, and Hopefully. there you go. We're good. Uh, so yeah, so then meanwhile MJ and her and her boy or uh, Dimples are talking again about moving too fast, and she's worried that she's like, you know, why do you like me? And he's like, well, you're not like any other girl. No one. I was like, why would he like her? Like, she's too good for I him. MJ's great. Like, what is this low self esteem situation that comes out of this? Because she's great. Yeah, and also yeah. like she's gorgeous, and like honestly, even though she's just a waitress right now, that's still good solid work. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. she's and she's just a cat. badass. Yeah, and she's going up in the world, and she plans on doing other stuff. But even if she wasn't, she just seems like a nice, potentially career waitress. What's the problem? I think she's, like, a little, like, second-guessing herself after the conversation with Tessa. But she she thinks of mm-hmm. it like, he's up to no good, why would he have interest in me? So I don't know that she means it in the way we yeah. think, but it comes across, like, very mm-hmm. vulnerable. 
Um, and he's just like, none of the other girls hold a candle to you. I was like, all right, well, calm down. But he's just <laughs> like, you know, you're you're everything to me. I'm like really interested in you. Jesus, I'm calm here down, whenever dude. Whenever you want. It's a very extreme reaction, but she seems interested, so she's like, great. Um, as Chow's leaving later on, too, he congratulates um, the hotel on, on making the list. Uh, in this same scene, we find out that Nicole, or Nicole finds out that Jason covered for her. And tries, actually, to her credit, tries to, like, give him the out. And then he, like, refuses to let her to not, you know, um, yeah. get covered, which is nice. Um, and then later we have the scene, too, where Tessa gets a drink and she's talking to Jason about her fake social. And she's like, by the way, I'm a criminal. And he's like, well, jeez. Yeah, it's like drunken disorderly is actually what she got arrested for that. anyway. I wonder, I hope to God he's still going to run her full social. I buy that considering how drunk she was during All By Myself. I mean, that wasn't even a grip because we know she woke up hungover. I agree. <laughs> I agree that she definitely has a drunken disorderly. I am suspe- like, suspicious that she doesn't have more on her actual criminal record. In addition, well, she to that. seems to be again good at uh, at the finding the marks. They had a good thing going until like Fair. Roy dissed her. So that, is true. that makes sense. She wasn't getting caught for yeah. that. But it's it's a little suspicious to me that she doesn't have any like fraud or because she's using like fake social security numbers. She's definitely yeah. got like some weird shit going on. But, um, but I guess she doesn't stay in one place for long enough that usually people would catch her, you know? Fair. And so, but either way, he's, I guess, just gonna, like, wave the, the security background check or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's like, if you ever lie to me again, you're gone. And, um... And then she calls him Gilligan again because she just loves teasing him and it's cute. Yeah, and then Roy shows up again, which is really creepy. Uh. He almost comes across like a ghost. Like, the way he's shot his scenes... <laughs> He, he's like a ghost. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of uh, the series finale of Children's Hospital, where it's like Chief never existed. It was like Lola is just like, her her insane mental breakdown. So like every time someone will leave, all of a sudden Chief will show up. It's, it's like ironically, oh no. ironically, it's similar to, like Dexter too. Like a lot of the scenes where he has <laughs> like, a breakdown, and then the Harry Morgan shows up, and he's like Dexter, what are you doing, son? And it's like that's the kind and of he's shit like Dexter. That, like, that looks like blood, and then Dexter's like that looks like blood. Yeah, and also just, like, generally, it's even weirder, too, because, like, no one ever sees him. It's, like, very specific. Like, he happens to wait to just the right time where, like, no one else is around. But meanwhile, the rest of this like, scenes of the show, there's people constantly fluttering by. And he just is completely out of everybody's point of view constantly. And it's just very suspicious, is all I'm gonna say. If I watched later episodes and it did get soapy and he turned out to be a ghost, I would not be shocked, is all I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, so he's there and he's like, listen, this isn't over, and he's still, like, harassing her and creepy, and it's just gross. Um, and then she breaks a fucking bottle, and she's like, get away from me. Which and I'm like, like, yes. But, but I, also, I, call the cops on him, I please. I hope she calls the cops, because I was like, I wonder if this is gonna be a regular thing. I hope not. I do- I don't remember how the storyline goes. I'm sure she gets rid of him, but I do know she ends up with Jason Momoa's character. Oh, that's interesting. I like that. It's mm-hmm. not bad. I like that. Yeah. I support this. <sighs> so then, meanwhile, they oversee, so Nicole and Jason are walking by, and then Jason oversees Charlie and Hannah, like, yeah. having a Yeah, and this is where Grant Lee Phillips' Mona Lisa plays, and I'm like, this is great. Why isn't this the entire show's music? Yeah. And so they're, like, kissing, and he has all these little, like, floating, like, um, water lily candles kind of thing and uh nicole and jason talk about how like you know this is cute they're doing great and then she's like by the way i know you covered for me and he's just like deal with it um <laughs> and he wants to give her something he's like i mean to give you something i think from that box he was cleaning out earlier yeah the the bracelet, the bracelet. which looks really cheap honestly yeah, it's just like a standard like if you picture a bracelet from the 2000s with a heart on it you've got the bracelet it's that bracelet it's the metal one with the <laughs> blinks 
But, um, this is the stupidest scene I've ever seen. Like, this is... <laughs> Sucks. Yeah, the, like, the pool? I was furious. The pool? I was furious. <laughs> it's so stupid. So he has this little, like, metal bracelet. It's like a silver bracelet. And he's, like, gonna give it back to her. And her cell phone rings again. And, of course, it's her fiancé once more. And so she, instead of, like, saying, like, hang on a second or anything, she just, like, answers the phone in front of someone, which I find incredibly rude. Just excuse yourself and take the phone or don't I think answer. they have a moment where he's, like, because he, th- he makes the joke, the really bad joke was, like, Total dolt. Oh, I mean Morgan Holt. And it's like the joke he wanted to say from the moment he he learned the, the fiance's name. It's really stupid. And, and, but anyway, she just takes the call and leaves. And, yeah. Which is I'm fine. Just leave then. But they're like making like eyes at each other, and he's like, "It's all right." He's like, but he had started to say like, "I want to. I've been meaning to give you something." And in his hand is this little bracelet. And so, like, you have one of those stupid scenes where like you know. There's, like, music that Grantley Phillips is playing, and she's on the phone with her fiancé walking away, and he's, like, wistfully looking at her, and then, like, wistfully looking at this pool. And it's literally just, like, a waiting pool. Like, you know, at any random resort, there's, like, several random pools that are, like, big wide that you can just float around and get drinks in. So, he's, like, at the edge of the pool where there's, like, a ladder to walk in and steps down, so it's not even, like, like a you know, like, a beautiful pool. It's just, like, literally, like, a pool to stand in. I don't know how to describe it. It's not, like, a uh, man-made, like, little, like, pond. It's, like, a straight-up pool. So he's staring there looking into the pool. It's lit at night. And he just tosses the bracelet in, like, it's a fucking pond or the ocean. Yeah, like, it's not going anywhere. It's not moving. Like, you see the bra- <laughs> It's literally, like, lit up. The, the pool's lit up at night, so you see where the bracelet lands into the water. I was like, so great. You just either fuck the drain up. Or you made it someone's, like, foot's gonna step on the thing and hurt their foot. Or you have this poor, like, That's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Or the housekeeping staff has to clean up your stupid bracelet. It's just a stupid thing. Just just <laughs> toss it into the, the, the brushes or something. Like, you don't have to toss it into a pool. You're right next to the ocean. Just walk over to the ocean and just chuck it into the ocean. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> I was livid. Because it's just, it's only going to cause problems. And it's silver, too, so, like, it's not good for the water. It's just, I hate it. Watch it, like, turn green. It, it's, like, this cheap-ass cheap shit. Ass shit. It's, like, it's definitely a chlorinated pool, so, like, it's going to fuck up the bracelet regardless. I just, I was, I was livid. I was like, what a, so you're littering. That's the end of this episode, I, is littering I, with Brantley Phillips. I love that that's the one that, like, this, this plot point will not stand. I was livid. <laughs> but, Yeah. And that's it. That's the end of the second episode. That's pretty much all there was. Jesus. God. Uh, I just should we just should we make this two parts or what? Probably. We'll see. Yeah, part one, part two. That makes the most sense. And then we can talk about our bonus episode, of course. God damn it! But the bonus episode will be. We will hopefully re- return to this for a bonus episode for the finale. You mentioned. Right? Uh, yes. Oh, God. Because so there were twenty-one episodes produced for this show. Uh, I watched the show every week when it aired, 2004-2005. I saw the season finale, or so I thought. I remember vividly. I remember how it ends. That was episode 20. Fox aired that as the series finale, but apparently there was an episode 21 that never aired, which I have saved, which we will be watching for our bonus episode. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, I think. Because... It's very interesting. I'm, I'm like, I'm more drawn to this than we've done with a lot of different shows we've done because at least it's like you got like the beach. You got that's why I'm like I don't know why that's not a more common trend among these types of shows. It's like just set it at the beach. 
worst case scenario, you're going to just zone out and watch people surf. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm here for that. But yeah, so I definitely recommend watching it if you have a chance to. I think it's probably worth it. And I think it'll be interesting to see the ending for sure. Because realistically, this is probably one of the more soapy like of the times shows yeah. we've watched in a while. Because and it, like, it, I love that. Like, so it, it only gets soapier because... Yeah, apparently. In theory, like... A lot of it's pretty earnest, but, like, yeah, they, they keep trying to figure out how do we get it soapier? How do we get people talking about this? How do we make this a hit like the OC? When you make it a hit like the OC by having Josh Schwartz writing this as a Haley Nichols spinoff instead of what the show actually is. Hmm. That way Sandy Cohen could show up. Sandy Cohen oh, could show up Helen. in the beach. That could happen. I'm so, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so ready for that. Please, thank you. This would have been such a different <laughs> show if Josh Schwartz had directed Jesus or created okay. it. Ugh. Let me see. Well, I, I guess I should talk about the, the tripod fan site I found for oh, this the show. This treasure trove. Um, so from this 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 tripod uh, fan site, it like kept a, like, a bunch of news clippings, basically, for the show. So, like, you get articles back when the show was casting and, and filming. Um, so, one of the articles notes that Justin Guarini was was supposed to be a cameo in the pilot, filmed it. We did not see Justin Guarini, did you? In this pilot? Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't yeah. remember him at all. I think they Jesus. cut it. I think they cut Justin Guarini to... Yeah, where would he have been? I'm trying to think of, like, any scene where he would have You would, yeah. Like, not even the background. Uh, Justin Guarini, um, let's see, producer said, mulling over other celebrity guests, uh, those who are famous for being famous, you know, such reality show contestants, Trisha and Ryan from The Bachelor will be on, which I think, I think they actually were, I think I might remember that, and also... Shout out to Tristan and Ryan for being the only bachelor, well, bachelorette couple to still be together. Love is real. Uh, and also, mm-hmm. I guess, producer, so producer nixed an appearance from Omarosa, which I can't believe the name Omarosa is still relevant today, which is just how sad, That's sad. our world is. <laughs> yes. Although he wants Donald Trump in a guest role. Yes. Mm-hmm. And also, wow. So, like, the stages they use for the show, probably, like, for the hotel... Um, they were, like, stages for, um, Hawaii Five-0 and, uh, Magnum P.I., Baywatch. So, yeah, that's, uh, the lobby <gasps> is, like, the stage, yeah. And also, <gasps> we talk about shows being in Hawaii. That's the whole reason why, like, on CBS, like, the reboots of, like, Hawaii Five-0 and the reboot of MacGyver and Magnum P.I. all exist, because they're, like, all in Hawaii. Oh, that makes sense. Actually, yeah, no, that I don't makes, know if, that yeah. makes me... That whole, like, it being set in the same places, that really explains some of the, like, why I kept mentioning it. I'm like, I don't know how to verbalize it, but it looks a lot like like Baywatch. <laughs> Probably because, like, even the background sets, like, here and there look like it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. just, like, passing by, it looks like a like a Baywatch set. Just, that makes more sense to me. Also, yeah. Chris Palaha, I feel like he knew how ridiculous this show was when he was promoting it. Probably. Because the same article, he said, it's going to be amazing television, Palaha says, boosting his first steady gig. Everyone should watch it twice a week. Call your grandparents. We're going for the kids, the old folks' homes. It's going to be Masterpiece Theater meets American Idol. I love him. Yeah, <laughs> what a troll. 
I, lo- I like him in this, though. Like, it's, it's weird, because I know I said, like, my only solve for the show is to recast him completely. But, like, I would easily take him and, and Momoa switched. Just, like, him as the bartender, Momoa is the main character. Yeah. That'd be perfect. Like, all you need. But yeah, like we He's said, a great character actor. It just yeah, didn't work for him. This is a good cast, besides Dimples. It's just, it's just a little too boring. It's all. Yeah. Like, I just need something a little more interesting than that, because it's just, otherwise, like, you're watching another episode of, like, any of those shows that have, like, a kid guy trying to be something new in a like a hotel or like a restaurant or wherever working try and work his way up to the situation i don't know i think he's very personable but mm-hmm. i don't think he's suited for this type of role I d- it's just too much i do wonder though why rob so rob estes like i said was supposed to play the vincent character it wasn't that like he they just recast him rob estes left the show so i wonder what's the, what's the tea there yeah, because he's supposed to be he, so he uh, left. Was cast and left. Yeah, yeah, that is weird. What's the deal? Huh. What's the deal? Yeah, I don't know. There's nothing like obvious about it. Like, okay, he had a problem with other sets that I know of, or anything. He's not like a difficult personality on mm-hmm. anybody, but huh. But it was good. I mean, I would say I would say it's definitely worth a watch for the for the people who've gone on to do other things. But either way, mm-hmm. it's definitely like. It's pretty harmless. I mean, the rest, the stuff that we mentioned is gross, gross. But if you got, if there's episodes that aren't all about that kind of shit, then maybe that'd be great. Mm-hmm. But they happen to make some of the sub. They just need to remove those two plots about the sexual assault completely. And yeah. Perfect. Ah, oh, Jesus. Anyway, so let's move on to plugs. What's up with you? Uh, well, of course you can find me on Twitter at Lafergs. Um, of course I'm still writing all over the place. AV Club, Uproxx, Paste. Um. You can read my interview with uh, Sandra O oh on Uprox, so that's great. Um, you can also pre-order my book, An Encyclopedia of Women's Wrestling, on uh, Amazon or wherever you get your books. Please do it, because I want my book to sell. <laughs> yes. And check out the link in the description. Yeah. You got that. Yay. And then, as always, I'm at Mari on Twitter. We are discussing which episode to do next for this. Maybe an episode uh, of Black Sash. Possible. If you have suggestions, always feel free to add us um, or email us at thetelevoid at gmail.com. Uh, rate, subscribe, review us. It helps us keep more people listening and watching um, the stuff we do. And then, honestly, to be honest, I appreciate anybody who's still sticking it out. I know we've been kind of low about getting back to get things recorded, um, but we're back into it now. We have plenty of free time, so stay uh, listening. I mean, we subscribed. don't, but we're we're gonna pretend we do. <laughs> Listen, we're gonna make time because this is, this is the second part you're listening to. We're gonna keep doing as many big long episodes as we can, and more more stuff through the Patreon. And generally, we're trying to watch stuff that we can actually enjoy some of the time because I think mm-hmm. some of the stuff we've watched in the past is like debilitatingly bad. <laughs> We yeah. got kind of we got kind of burned out on watching awful awful yeah. shit. So we're, if you see us watching some really campy nonsense, yeah. it's for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> we're vibing it. more with just like the campy stuff, like one season shows, not just completely looking for the awful of the awful. So exactly. And in the meantime, thanks for wandering into the telephone, guys. See you next time. Bye bye. Hey.